Welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Daxon, uh, back after a little bit of a hiatus. Thank you, COVID, uh, but we're back now. Uh, also joining us is games editor, Mark Calarock. This week, no Campbell. This week, no Campbell. I know you boys did it without me a couple weeks ago, and I appreciate you holding down the fort. Uh, Campbell will be back next time. I don't know. Pretty soon, Mark will will eliminate you, and then it'll just be Campbell and yes. I. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get through it that way. Um, how was that, by the way? Uh, yeah, it, it went without, fine. Doing it without me. It went uh, it went fine. Well, I'll take fine. <laughs> yeah. Campbell Campbell did a good job. He Campbell hosted. Always does you a good know. Job. Yeah. yeah. I told him before we started. He was like, "Do you want to host?" And I was like, "You got to do it once. It has to happen. It's got to happen." Awesome. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate you guys uh, getting it done without me. So, uh, obviously, we don't have Campbell this week, so it'll be a little bit of a curtailed episode, but we do have a few things to talk about. Um, Did you and Campbell already talk about how E3 is dead, officially, again? Uh, Oh, my God, I don't even think we talked about that last week. (laughs) Last week, I think we just talked about Zelda. And something else. What else oh, did sure. we talk about? I don't even remember what we talked about. There you go. Listen, it's all a blur. <laughs> Zelda uh, was at the focus, yeah. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's how it goes. So, yeah, listen, a little bit of news. Um, E3 is officially, officially, officially dead this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is canceled by Reed Pop, so there will be no E3 this year. Still going to be some game announcements, and of course, Nintendo will do some kind of direct around that time. They always do. Probably. But, uh, but yeah, no official show floor for E3, which is a bit of a bummer. I mean, I know we all kind of, we sort of lamented this fact a couple of months ago, I feel like. But um, it's a little bit of a bummer. I thought it would have been super fun for, for me, you, and Campbell to, to link up in L.A. Oh, and just, of course. Like, run around yeah. E3. But, I mean, Sorry, maybe we'll do future. PAX or something. We'll do PAX or we'll mm. do, you know, Summer Games Fest or something. <laughs> you know? like, we'll, does that we'll, even have a physical show? I don't even know. Uh, you know what it does? I think it's more limited, though. I mm. think it's like... Does it actually hold on? Wait a second. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Game Awards. I know. I know Game Awards. You can you can like show up at the Game. Oh, Awards. show up in our best suits. That's what I'm saying. But Summer <laughs> Games Fest 2023. Let's take a look. Jeff Keeley. Um, it's live June 8th from the YouTube Theater. So somebody will be there. <laughs> uh, you can sign up, partners. There's another great event called uh, Indie Land, but we don't know anyone who uh, runs don't know anybody that one. who hosts Indie Land. Of course, no, not at all. <laughs> um, you know what? You actually can. We, uh, for the first time, experience Summer Game Fest and IMAX Live on June 9th. Our live event hosted by Jeff Keeley. Da 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 da. You can get tickets to Summer Games Fest, which I mean. Sure, why not? Which sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Sitting in a theater to watch a bunch of trailers. There's not even I've done no it, one man. in person. I, I have done it. Yeah. I was at. Do you know that the the, uh, the iconic Keanu, you're breathtaking. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But I at least they were there, like that. on the stage. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, but I mean, but you know what that was was a trailer for Cyberpunk 2077, mm-hmm. and then Keanu Reeves walked on stage yes. and was like, "It's me." Like <laughs> so that that's what most of the that's what 
you know, that's what E3 is all about. Mm -hmm. um, or I guess Summer Games Fest. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. There will be live events in the future. It will be fun to link up. And uh, maybe that Nintendo thing that's coming out in... in uh, yeah, Nintendo in Live. Games. Nintendo yeah. Live. Yeah, which uh, right before we started recording, Mark told me that that was a huge deal in Japan. And I had no idea that it even existed until uh, today. So mm -hmm. that's exciting that they are bringing it to the West, to Seattle. Yeah, they usually uh, go like never. all out for that. I know at the last one they had like Sakurai made like a surprise appearance before like wow. a Smash Brothers tournament and he gave like a whole speech. That'd be so cool. I think he also, um, I don't know why I'm remembering this, but I feel like he rang a gong to like start the tournament. <laughs> that sounds like something he would do. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. That's extremely funny. That might have been uh, for something for like Ring Fit Adventure or something like that that they had. Oh, listen, there's many opportunities for Sakurai to, to bring a gong. <laughs> gong. Can, the, the possibilities are endless. Um, so the point is, there will be Nintendo-focused events for us to see our faces in the future at some point. Um, but that said, not too much to talk about this week. Um, do we want to talk about our indie game, or do we want to talk about the movie that you talked, that you saw a couple times? Do we start with a bummer? And end with something good. I feel like that's usually our pattern is mm -hmm. we is we start, you know, we like to end on a high note. So I think let's try to keep that tradition going. Um, sea rats it is. <laughs> Curse of the sea rats. A 2D uh, sort of hand-drawn style. I would call it a, uh, a Metroidvania. Mm -hmm. Four-player Metroidvania. You can do four-player. I, I unfortunately did not experience a four-player. Why didn't we play multiplayer? We should have. Because there's no online. Oh, duh, that's why. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I knew there was a reason. Um, you almost had your Ninja Turtles moment there. Campbell I was, would have been I the was, one I was not so playing. ready to, yeah. to get excited. Uh, but nope, nope, got slapped down once again. Uh, so Curse of the Sea Rats, this is a game that both you and I saw the trailer for and were pretty hyped about a couple, like what, like two months ago? Yeah, it looked ago? really good. It was in a it, few, um, I think it was in like an indie showcase for Nintendo. It might have been yes. in like a direct too. It was. I, I remember writing it down. I, it must have been... Uh, I think it, it was also been, in a uh, uh, PlayStation showcase too. So I it's been like kind it of making been. the rounds. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this this is an indie game that's making the rounds for a little bit. But yes, I do remember watching it specifically in a Nintendo thing. I don't remember which one, mm -hmm. but it must have been like an indie world showcase or something like that. Something like um, that. Yeah. Uh, but we saw the trailer. We were pretty hyped on it. So we were like, yeah, let's let's give it a shot. And um, it's bad. It's just not, just say it. It's not it. great. It's <laughs> it's not great. I don't know that it's okay. Listen, I don't know that it's. Bad. It's like offensively bad. Like I've played worse games. Oh yeah, definitely, sure. definitely. Yeah, there's worse out there, but it's still. I, I'm it's, still gonna say it. It's bad. Yeah, I just it's not it as really disappointed as I like. Yeah. Um, the combat is unfortunately pretty lackluster. <laughs> it is. It's Kinda really glitchy. clunky and glitchy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a bummer. And <laughs> here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. I couldn't get over. So we should we should paint the picture a little bit about what this game is. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's a 2D. Uh, action platformer, sort of in the style of, and obviously take this with a gigantic grain of salt, uh, <laughs> sort of in the style of Hollow Knight. Yes, no, or, it is. It really yeah, is. Yeah, right. Like you play, a, you play a little little rat character, uh, mm -hmm. one of four, and you have different abilities. Um, you can unlock a double jump. You can mm -hmm. unlock uh, various movement things. Yes. Uh, to, to move through the world. New um, abilities, there's a skill tree. There's That's yeah. right. There's a, a very, <laughs> I mean, we call it a skill tree. It's it's barely a skill tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, yeah, you get upgrades for your character. You can increase your attack power or like give yourself better magical powers or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like every, every character has slightly different special abilities. 
Um, although to me, the only one that was like remotely playable was the uh, <laughs> Buffalo Calf character. The yes, the uh, oh my inspired, gosh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I have to be careful with my words. You could tell, I, yeah, you could tell this game just flew over our heads because we can't even remember a single character name. Oh, no, her name is Buffalo Calf. That's her name. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, because she's supposed to be kind of like a like a Native American inspired, gotcha. you know, like that sort of name. We should, we should have also said this. The characters in the story, the story is that it's a bunch of prisoners aboard a British uh, naval ship and they yes. crash into an island and a dark, I don't want to call her a wizard, a witch, that's the word I was thinking of. There you go. Placed a, uh, a curse on these people who shipwrecked there and they all turned into rats. And now yes. they're trying to lift the curse and that's the, the premise. It's, that's kind of the thrust of the game. And, and, and of course the, the evil uh, pirate witch queen, Captain Lady, has kidnapped the uh, the, the captain's naval son. The captain's son or something, right? Yes. So and he offers you, yeah, he offers you your freedom, if I remember right. correctly, because you were prisoners going to right. a death sentence. But he's like, That's he'll right. let you and go. He's like, well, yeah. rescue my rescue my kid, and you'll you'll earn your freedom. Exactly. Um, okay. So <laughs> here is the hilarious thing to me. So the thrust of this game, it's called Curse of the Sea Rats. You are turned into a rat, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you have, but you're like a human-sized rat. Yes, there's nothing rat-like about there's this entire game. Rat-like about mm -hmm. you. You, you, and like you could wield a sword and like you know what I mean, like push boxes and stuff. Like, like you're still like the size of a human. <laughs> like being turned into a there rat is, is like not bad. Yeah, like, the biggest. Like, yeah, the biggest shame about this game is that there is nothing. It has the story has nothing to do with how the gameplay actually plays. It's your yeah. typical Metroidvania. There is Kinda nothing strange. special to the characters. Yeah, like super, super, super weird. There's even and like oddly there is. So of course, as you're as you're chasing down this this uh, evil pirate queen, um, her you know she has all of her all of her members of her crew right like her motley crew, and one of them is a literal monster like a a a, a spider <laughs> slash rat like has eight <laughs> legs shoots webs never commented on it's like oh yeah it's just like our spider guy it's like oh okay is he cursed is he like what's his deal doesn't matter don't worry about it uh, like like. <laughs> It kind of reminded me of the. Uh, tell me if you read these books, Mark. Uh, the Redwall series. No, what is that? Uh, Brian Jacques. They're I've like never these, heard of it. Oh, I used to love these. They're, they're, I don't know. We're probably both too old to read these books, but I remember reading them in high school and just just being obsessed with them. Uh, where you, uh, it's it's a world full of anthropomorphic, uh, anthropomorphic animals. Um, so imagine like medieval times, but it's like badgers and and ferrets and stuff, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and, and that's it. But like, kind of like this game, nobody comments on it. It's like, yeah, the world is just full of animals that like walk and talk and have weapons. Uh, and, and that's just the world that we live in. Um, so it, I was reminded constantly of Redwall while I was playing uh, Curse of the Sea Rats, even as they insisted that this is a curse and it's bad that they're turned into rats. I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, but they don't seem to be suffering from being Oh, rats. they're not. Like, yeah, they're not know, at like, all. Like, they're, everybody's I, fine. See, I thought um, with this game, when I saw the gameplay trailers, I was like, oh, there's so much they could do with, like, becoming a rat. Like, that right. sounds really stupid, but it's like, you can maybe crawl through, you know, crevices, sure. or maybe crawl you could through chew holes. through, like, a barrier, or, like, yeah. a rope, or something like, nothing. 
There's nothing in this game. It's literally like, why are they even rats to begin with? That's that's the it's, it's one of those like the, the theming doesn't quite link up with yeah, the game. The gameplay it has nothing yeah. to do with it. Yeah, which is a yeah kind of a bummer. Like, and I would have and I would have been willing to forgive that if the gameplay was like amazing. Yes, and it's sadly. Um, Pretty it's mediocre. Not. It's yeah. it's very mediocre. Um, the first okay. So you tell me how how you kind of went with this. So I I started with the. Uh, oh boy, you're right. I can't remember the characters' names. I started with the <laughs> the kind of brawler character. Oh, uh, I started with the Englishman. The, okay. uh, the sword okay. fighting. So, Englishman. so we've got different. So we've got at least we've got different characters. So how how was that guy? The 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 sort of standard. Hero. I was guy. dying so many times at the beginning yep. that I straight up just swapped to another character and started doing better. And I never same. looked back. Same, same, same. I was playing this kind of, uh, the, I don't remember his name. He's uh, he's like a punchy guy. His, yeah, he's like a big thing, rat. With, he's, like, yeah. he's, like, he's like a brawler, mm-hmm. exactly. But his, his range is so short, all he can do is like punch and, and do like a mm-hmm. shockwave. I dropped him too quick. He was my like second oh, one I dropped. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Um, so I swapped over to, uh, to the... Uh, Buffalo Buffalo Calf is her name. Uh, she's she's kind of Native American inspired. She throws mm-hmm. uh, daggers. And, yes, and she was the one I stuck with. Yeah, she, me too. Be, uh, and let me tell you, it's because of the long range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I being able to just like hang out at the edge of the screen and fling knives at people was just a complete game changer. I was like, okay, now I'm like actually having a little bit of fun here. Um, but even then still dying a lot because of some unfortunately clunky as you mentioned earlier some clunky controls mechanics, yeah. clunky mechanics controls and... um the platforming in this game is pretty rough um there's many instances where you have to land just so on a platform or you have to make a jump that's like very you have to land it exactly right or else you'll fall down a platform and die instantly and the amount of times i just tried to make a jump that i should have been able to make and just like clipped through the edge yep. or, or or didn't or didn't grab the ledge as i was mm-hmm. supposed to it's like well like cool i guess i died and lost all my money again like love this love this for me um and that was that definitely soured my my experience on it that it, said it literally I, has like the limitations of like an nes or super nintendo game oh yeah doesn't it like, like remind you like the range problems and like some of like the like literally pixel specific like sure jumps and yeah but without uh but i would say without any of the i don't know because like i grew up playing you know pixel platformers and and for me there's like there's usually a like a tightness to to, to oh yeah yeah of course of course like like obviously you know your super mario worlds your uh you know your super metroids like those have a certain tightness to them but uh, this one just felt it felt kind of loose. It didn't doesn't feel great to play. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't um, at all. It's... There's like a there's like a block mechanic that you can do. I was never able to get the time. Me neither. Yeah, I couldn't figure it. I could barely figure it. Out. Yeah, it's. Uh, it just also stuff. it wasn't fun. That's the other thing about the game. I feel like the gameplay is just like there's no like crazy combos or like. Right. cool weapons or magic or like there's nothing that like makes it stand out it's just a bunch of people with swords and daggers and to me that's just like so it's like why would i play like go play hollow knight or literally sure. anything else yeah or castlevania or castlevania right? like, yeah, yeah bloodstain literally anything yeah yeah listen like i know we, we were talking smack about uh 
Gal Guardians. Uh, yeah, I would. I I was thinking about Grim this. Uh, <laughs> they changed like the that, title of yes. I, that game at least had variety and like mm-hmm. like being able to swap between the two protagonists on the fly. Like that. Yeah, it had fun aspects. Fun. Yeah, exactly. This one. This one. Uh, um, I'm kind of right there with you. Like I played a lot of Curse of the Sea Rats. I played. I mean, according to the map, I, I got over. I don't know, sixty percent of the map uncovered or something. I don't maybe, even remember how 50. far I got. I honestly, it's been, you know, we haven't been able to talk about it for like a week or two. Plus we had it early and yeah, I I can't even remember how far I got. All I know is this game is so, it makes me so disappointed because the trailers are so good, but it's like, it's so by the numbers and just like, when you think of like Metroidvania, this is like the baseline skeleton that like goes into your head, you know? Sure. Yeah, I would I would call it um I, I don't know, I would call it pretty basic. Unless mm-hmm. things like radically change in the last third of the game or something. You know, I would call it like pretty I don't know, it, it doesn't have like There's no you know, hook to like it. a defining yeah. thing that really makes it pop for for me at least. It like the art listen, I'll say this. I liked the art. I thought the art was cool. Like, yeah, the I art's liked, very I liked, cool. The mm-hmm. designs were cool. Um, the character direction, like pretty, pretty sweet, but uh, yeah, but uh, as you said earlier, it's not really in service of the game as a whole. Mm -hmm. The other thing that bothered me was the soundtrack. I feel like every track is like 10, 15 seconds before it loops. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I just kept the volume muted the whole time. (laughs) Um, It's, it's just so, it's so upsetting. I mean... There's nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit of a disappointment. Um, like if you if you're like if you've played every other Metroidvania on the market, go and replay you're di- those. <laughs> and you're yeah, and you're like dying for something new. Like maybe try it, but it's it's kind of hard to recommend just because there's not. I, I can't I can't, I can't even recommend it at a sale price. Yeah. I honestly, I know, my... I'm trying I'm trying to spit it positive, and I and I can. I yeah, can I really. That. I really can't. I love finding like the positives in these games with like the art style or maybe there's like a cool character or voiceover. There's just, I can't. Yeah. (laughs) I feel so bad, but yeah, I I can't. I don't play this. Go play anything else. Sure. Yeah. I can. I'm kind of right there with you. Like, um, yeah, if you're really craving a a, a unique uh, Metroidvania, like as Mark just mentioned, Bloodstained is a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollow like Knight, Hollow Knight, of course. Metroid classic. Fusion, Metroid Fusion just <laughs> came out to Nintendo Switch Online expansion mm-hmm. pack. Like, yeah, I think you can get your fix elsewhere, unless you like are obsessed with rats and pirates, and then maybe you'll find <laughs> something to love here. Um, and 15 second loops where you forget the music. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So, uh, do you want to take a break? Yeah, let's do a let's do a quick topic? break. Yeah, awesome. So we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna end on a high note as we love to do on this podcast. Uh, so hang hang tight. We're gonna talk about a movie, but not the movie that you think we're gonna talk about. So we'll be <laughs> we'll be right back.
Okay, we are back. So, Mark, uh, I was surprised to hear from you earlier today that uh, you were like, let's talk about the Tetris movie. I was like, great, sounds fun. And then you revealed that you watched this movie twice yes. in the last week. <laughs> it, um, might, it might turn into three in a few days. Wow. Okay, yeah. so I would love to know your thoughts on the recently released Apple TV Plus film Tetris... Uh, about the, I'm assuming it is about uh, how Tetris came to the West. Yes. So, well, sort of. It's how he mm. came to the West on a mass scale. So this film is about, if you don't know, it's based on a true story. And the majority of it is very true to the original story. There's a few bits and pieces here and there that obviously they did to like dramatize and well, up yeah, the stakes movie, yeah. yeah, of the whole thing. But this is a movie that the original creator of Tetris, Alexei um, Leonardovich uh, Pijitnov, he worked on it and so did Hank Rogers, who the story circles around, who is a Dutch-American businessman from Tokyo who went to Moscow on behalf of Nintendo to secure the handheld rights to Tetris. But along the way, he discovers that uh, the rights to Tetris are sort of all messed up because uh, these British and German businessmen are trying to swindle the Russians and they sort of have redefined the rights to what is a... Um, a computer. So essentially, uh, this guy named Roger uh, Robert Stein believes that he owns all the rights to Tetris because of how he wrote a contract with the Soviets. And then he gets involved with like the Maxwells, which are these super corrupt people from uh, Great Britain. They were a bunch of multimillionaires who have their problems. I don't want to spoil it because you should really watch the movie. And if you don't know their history, you'll be extremely surprised by everything that happens towards the end. But um, yeah, it's it's fascinating that this movie goes from the perspective of Hank Rogers, who started out working with Nintendo as a... Uh, he wants to become a publisher, and they give him the opportunity after he sneaks into the company's office and talks to um, the president, Yamayuchi, um, and it's just fascinating how the story unravels and it constantly keeps you hooked. And this sounds like something for a movie that shouldn't, like it sounds like it's gonna be boring, but it's really not because the stakes are constantly there and the relationship between Hank and Alexi is interesting and the dynamic between all the characters is constantly changing. And it's just, it's one of those films that you end up like really hating the bad guys. I'll put that in quotes because they do corrupt things, but like it's debatable what your definition of that is. And then you have Hank Rogers, who you're really rooting for, is this guy who just will not give up, and he's doing you know whatever it takes to get the rights to Tetris. And the whole production, it's just it it it's really good. Like as a movie, it is just a good film. Like it's a great one. I would argue it's probably my favorite movie I've seen this year. Wow, and it's been a pretty decent start mm -hmm. of the year in terms of movies. Lots of good stuff out already. Um, that's great. I'm, I'm so glad to hear it. I remember uh, I had a book I used to love as a kid that was a, that uh, had a few chapters devoted to this very subject. Um, which, so I, I remember reading about uh, sort of the rise of Tetris and, and how it came to the Game Boy and to the yes in the U.S. and reading about that as a kid and being like, this is a this is a really interesting story and and it, it, kind of like you, Mark, I was I was struck at how interesting I found it because I'm like, this is business. Like business shouldn't be mm -hmm. as 
interesting, as, as dramatic or high stakes or, or dramatic as as, uh, as interesting as you just said as as this, and it's it's a fascinating story. Um, just like because you've got the culture clash thing of like the 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 you know obviously the, the Russian uh, people, and then you've got the, the the American businessman, and then you've got the, the Japanese side of the whole thing as well. It's like there's, there's a lot of mm-hmm. interesting. Um, it really is like story. every faction you know, at odds to get the rights to Tetris. And the only people, you know, there's only like one honest man in this entire thing. And he's like really trying his best to get the rights and just everything is against him. And it's makes me want to rewatch it. No, sure. (laughs) You know what? Uh, Since we're talking about it, I'm just going to pull up a, I'm going to shout out uh, Norm, the gaming historian. Yes. Who did a fantastic documentary. I think it was oh, three or four sure years ago. No, yes. no, I've seen it. So yeah, good. I've seen good. it. There's also another fantastic documentary that was made by the BBC back in the nineties. Um, after the game came out and it's called from Russia with love, not to be you know confused with the James Bond film, but, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's like a 50, 40 minute documentary that features, um, Nikolai Belikov, who, um, was the Russian businessman that uh, Hank Rogers negotiated with for the rights to Tetris, and he was sort of in control of who gets the rights. Yeah, there's a it's a lot of interesting. It's it's such an interesting time in like video game history. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's that's really cool that um, these things keep being made. Um, the the yeah. movie, you know. For, well, first of all, let me say the huge positives. Taron Egerton sure. as Hank Rogers. Every actor in this film is great. Just mm. everyone does their part. The guy who plays Hiroshi Yamauchi literally looks exactly like him. The makeup in this movie, you should see like some of the behind the scenes of how much they actually did. Because it's actually incredible how much they applied. Like The guy who plays Robert Maxwell, literally, it's like a complete 180. Like, the way he looks, it's just, it's so good. Just everything they did to him. And it's, like, not things, like, you'll notice where it's, like, that's clearly, like, a fake wig or something. Like, like this is, like, a high-budget film, you know? And yeah, well, it's got, that, it's got that Apple money. Yeah, it has that, yeah. It has no the cinematic can... direction. It was produced by the Tetris company, so it has the Tetris theme and, you know, the Tetris blocks, and it goes into the history of Tetris, the game itself. So you do get to see um, Alexei's original version where the game, you know, he didn't have a graphics card for his crap computer that he used back in Russia, so everything was made of, like, parentheses. So it's like, they show you each version of Tetris, and since the people, you know, the Tetris company was behind this, you actually get those real versions. So it's, you know, it's not only just an interesting look into the history of Tetris, like, behind the rights to it and how it came to America and the rest of the world, but it also shows you how Tetris was slowly evolving and the conflict of how all these companies were creating their own versions of Tetris because they believed they had the rights. And you get to see some of these versions, and it's just the evolution of it over the course of this one-year span is just incredible. That's awesome. Um, you, uh, you said you wanted... You said you, any other huge positives you wanted to... Shout out. Um, some of the dramatic stuff, like the car chase that you could see in the trailer. Um, <laughs> it seems like why would there be a car chase in a Tetris film? Uh, it's all done very well. The only thing, I'll get to the negative of the film, the thing this, that I uh, didn't like. The, uh, the editing of this movie 
is a bit baffling at times. Like, oh, especially sure. the first 15 minutes when Hank Rogers meets Hiroshi Yamauchi, who's the, you know, Nintendo president from the 90s and the 80s. He, um, there's like a scene where there's like an NES montage and he's talking about partnerships and they accidentally, well, they took footage from the YouTubers Game Grumps. <laughs> that's so So funny there's that and then on top of that they mention zelda and link and they show footage from the legend of zelda i think it was four swords i'm pretty sure it was either four swords or um the minish cap it was one or the other but it's like something from a a generation that didn't even yes it was from 20 years after the events so it was just like the editing is clearly not always there. And there's times where they use like 8-bit graphics as like transitions and stuff like that. And some of them work great. Like when Hank first goes to Russia and they show like the way it transitions to like an 8-bit plane going to Russia with like a whole map and stuff. And there's like an 8-bit version of Hank Rogers and the idea that there are all these players involved. So it goes from player one to player two to player three Mm. to player four as it's introducing all the businessmen in the movie. There's all these great ideas, but they constantly kind of bring up the same graphics like he'll be like we don't have the rights to the video game the arcade version or the console version and it'll show like these little graphics of like an arcade cabinet with like a cross through it or like the nes with like a cross through it and it like you think that they're gonna do it like once but they kind of keep reusing it and it kind of treats the audience like a little bit stupid like (laughs) if if they like can't keep up with it and i've seen some critics I was reading up on some of the reviews and they were saying how it was actually kind of helpful, like having it come back time and time again. But I also saw a lot of people saying it was hard to follow. And I don't think this movie was hard to follow, but I also, I read the book by Dan Ackerman years ago. The, uh, it's called Tetris effect. Great book. tells the story of Hank Rogers. And then I also saw the, uh, you know, the gaming historian documentary, So it was like, I had the background knowledge of the whole story, so that definitely helped me. But I'm interested to see because, you know, my parents watched it, and they didn't have a problem following it. So I don't know, you know, I'm interested to see if, why people get confused, and how maybe it's that the the politics behind the whole story get a little complicated, and who has the rights. But the thing is that, that's kind of the point, because it was complicated who has the rights, and it was hard for everyone to follow. And Elorg, the company that has control of Tetris in the Soviet Union at the time, they, you know, they were messing up these contracts and being swindled by different people across the world. So it, it kind of, it makes sense that it's complicated, but it might be a little hard for the viewer to follow. Those are the okay. two big things about the movie that I think people will have a problem with. But otherwise else, again, the acting's great. The the usage of the Tetris theme is phenomenal. They use it in like all these different ways and it, it's like it's even used at the climax and just the the iterations of it just elevate the movie completely and as like a Tetris fan, like there's so much to love about certain scenes. Like I love during the car chase how there's like a reference to like the uh, the line the the tetris line you know sure. the four blocks going up like mm-hmm. there's a reference to it as it like speeds through like a certain section of moscow and it's like th- there's a lot that if you really pay attention like tetris fans are going to get a ton out of and even if you're not a tetris fan i think this movie is still it's just a good movie like it's just worth watching it's a nice. it's a really interesting spy thriller that does its time period justice and it never 
you know, it's not like you're constantly pointing out mistakes or stuff like that. Like it really feels anchored to its atmosphere and the period that it's trying to tell. And it does a fantastic job. It just every, I, I just really loved it. I, I nice. didn't expect to really love it, but I did. And that's why I watched it twice. <laughs> there you go. Listen, that's, I think that's awesome. Um, it's so rare to, to find a movie that you're like, wow, I just love this. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Like I, I uh, this has nothing to do with video games, but uh, a couple of weeks ago I watched uh, a Miyazaki film or a Studio Ghibli film, I should say. Ooh, which uh, one? The, Sec- the Secret World of Arietti, and I just loved it. Just loved it, like from from start to finish. Um, just very. It came out a little more recently than, than some of the more classic ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I attributed Miyazaki to it. Actually, I don't, I don't think he directed this one. It's Funny enough, I actually watched the first hour a few days ago. My girlfriend oh, nice. and I haven't finished it. <laughs> I freaking loved it. I don't know, I don't know why I like, I just super just landed for me. I don't know everything mm-hmm. about it. Um, so yeah, it's always fun to find a movie where you're like, this is this is it. I freaking love this. So yeah, it's the, that's the Tetris movie over on Apple TV+. Mm-hmm. Plus. Go make a free trial and watch it. <laughs> yeah, listen, it is all, if you if you if you haven't signed up for Apple TV Plus already, there is a ninety nine percent chance you can get a free trial in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you, you own a PlayStation Apple, Five, you can you get six months. If you own yeah. an Xbox as well, they, mm-hmm. they're um, although that that promotion might have expired, but I know that Xbox was doing the same thing uh, that the PlayStation Five was. Um, and also, if you have bought an Apple product in the last like five years they'll probably throw you a free trial like they're they're just they're giving them out like they 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 want people on their service i think like Um, every recent iphone comes with like three months that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah. i'm pretty sure they're they're really making an effort to uh to to get get that uh get that foot in the door my macbook still had like a three-month trial and i was like well I guess I'll take the PlayStation six month just in case. You know, and maybe cash in the other one later. But uh, if if yeah, if it's possible, another make a new Apple ID or something (laughs) like there. But yeah, be hard hard to cheat the system sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Awesome. Well, any other any other fun things to talk about before we before we call it for the day? Uh, I guess we'll talk about Mario next week. We have to talk about Mario. I I still haven't seen it. I uh, I was. Testing positive for COVID up until yesterday, mm-hmm. so I haven't had a chance to go to a movie theater just yet. It's good. Uh, yeah, I want to see it. I'm, I'm very intrigued. Um, but yeah, other than that, I guess stay, keep on doing your thing, listeners. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything in particular to shout out for the website. I have not Me written anything too. new. I've been out of town, so I haven't written anything for a little bit. Um, sorry, let me just try to see like what's what's the last review I wrote. Uh, one second here, friends. Uh, I'll just give the plug. I think we have a review of Tetris on TiltMagazine.net. I have. Go. I don't even know. Somebody's doing it. Someone probably did it. Yeah. Someone somewhere is reviewing the Tetris. <laughs> We're doing a great job at this podcast, Mark. Um, Phenomenal. Uh, lovely. Well, I guess I guess we can call it there then. I have been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find some of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. I, my most recent review, it looks like, was for a PSVR 2 game 
called Before Your Eyes, or maybe Tentacular. Either one of those would probably be the last couple of things I reviewed for the PSVR 2. Uh, Mark, where can people find the find you on the internet? Anything you want to plug? Go ahead. Uh, you can find me at the Mark Cow, that of course is Mark with the C, Cow with the K. You can find me over on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I haven't written anything recent on the website. Um, if you want to check out some of my writing, you can go check out Cameron's on The Completionist. <laughs> hey There you go. Uh, I have KirbyInformer.com. Uh, that's all I got right now. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, my Mark's over on Kirby Informer. Yes, I have written a couple episodes for The Completionist. You can actually see me in the one of our most recent videos, the... Uh, What's it titled? Um, I bought every Nintendo Wii U and 3DS game before the eShop closes. I am in there if you want to see a brief glimpse of my face. And uh, yeah, NExpress is also on social media. We're on Twitter at NExpressNintendo. Don't forget to check out the website, Goombastomp.com, for all the reviews that you just want to read. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.